welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts, and I will be one of your hosts with my special co-host, Mr. Ken Miller. So, Ken, how are you today? I am well, Wendy. How are you? I am just living a dream. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, right? Well, today we're going to actually talk about playing the waiting game. And what we mean by that is we are going to discuss some amazing topics on the differences between using selectorized equipment, otherwise known as machines. We're gonna talk a little bit about some tubing, talk about some free weights, and then talk about, of course, um, doing your body weight. So I think when we put it all together, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming when you go into the gym and you're not sure where to start. And then, you know, I think we're gonna be able to hopefully provide some great information and then talk about some pros and cons of, of each one. Yeah, I, and this, this topic actually brings me back to when I was still working in the health club down in San Diego. And, uh, you know, occasionally, even though I was on the fitness side of things, you know, just the personal training and, and uh, you know, being responsible what people do inside the gym, occasionally I'd have to take people through the gym and kind of give them the tour of what <laughs> amenities we have. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the sales pitches that the sales guys would have is like, we have over... 10 tons of equipment and you know the big point was is you're not going to lift 10 tons of equipment so the next question is, is well what do you lift i mean because you had your you know we're going to talk about the selectorized or the specific pieces of machinery that you're going to use to to work on some specific muscles you have the dumbbells and the barbells and the medicine balls and all all of those things so it just took me back to when I was actually talking to people about the gyms and what amenities that they have. And you know what, there's, there's a lot out there and, and what to use, what winds up being one of the big questions that people have when they walk into a health club or a fitness facility. I'm going to agree with that because I know even in all the major clubs, even when I joined, you know, when I moved, I joined a gym that was close to my house. And the first thing they say to me, because I don't always tell people that I'm a trainer, you know, I, I tell people I'm an educator and um, and I don't always wear my NASM gear because I know if people see it, then they're going to watch my every move. Um, however, they're like, we can give you a fir like your first free personal training, um, you know, session that's on the house. But basically what they do is just that. Let me show you how to use this, you know, like seated machine, seated leg press, seated row. And I'm thinking to myself, why is everything just about machines? However, when you think about it, when you're new to the gym, I think that is a huge benefit for people. So they at least understand how to set things up correctly. And so, you know, with me, because I have a foundation and I understand all the different pieces right. out there, I think it's a great place to start. However, when I really take two steps back, unless I'm doing some specific strength, I usually use machines at a, I mean, I very, I very seldomly um, or use them at all. I don't know if you do, but. Right. No, not really. Um, but when you think about the, the environment today, when it comes to training facilities, it's a lot more, I guess, I don't say complicated, but there's a lot more to it now than there was 25 years ago. So if you remember, Wendy, I think you were probably about 10 or nine years old, oh, uh, 20 years ago, uh, <laughs> if that. Um, but back in the day, it was just heavy equipment, you know, like you were saying, the seated chest press, seated row, leg press. Um, but the only other option was dumbbells and barbells. There was no you know, stretching and flexibility area. There was no foam rolling and, and these other amenities and, and functional fitness areas 
that exist today. So the choices and selection of equipment was a lot simpler, you know, 20, I mean, I'd say even 15 years ago versus what it is today. So now the selection of what to do and when to do it and where to do it and how to do it winds up being more complicated now. And I think with, you know, as we are today, as the gyms and health clubs have reopened and people are are going back into the gym facilities, you don't just, you're not just relegated to what's in your living room or in your garage with your tubing and your and your dumbbells, however heavy your dumbbells winds up, wind up being. But now as we're going back to facilities dedicated to exercise, there's there's a lot more we need to be educated on as far as what should we be doing and when should we be doing it. Well, I, I think you bring up a great point because when the pandemic hit, those of you know those of us that would go into the gym and that's really all we knew how to use was machines, then it mm-hmm. really became this, I have no idea what I'm doing when we're like, hey, just work out at home, get you some dumb, you know, dumbbells, get you a couple pieces of tubing, you know, and when you do that and you're just so used to being lifting heavy, just sitting in something and, and just mm-hmm. pressing or pulling or something, you know, I think I think that was the big change too. And I, and I was excited to do this podcast uh, because it came to us as like, this is a topic you guys should discuss because there are so many benefits to so many different things Plus, as you guys know, Ken and I talk all the time about moving for the speed of life. And if you're always in a seated position all day at your job and then you're you know, in the car and you're in traffic and you're seated in your car and then you go home and have dinner and you're seated there and then you sit down to watch TV. Well, when you go to the gym, if everything you do is still in that seated position, you really could be you know, feeding into some compensations of those muscles that are always in a shortened position all day long because you're seated all day long. And so that's one of the reasons when I say I don't use machines as often is because I want them standing. I want them to use muscles that have been lengthened and, you know, that need to be strengthened in order to help rebuild my posture. And so I think that's one of the benefits when, when we talk about, you know, we've been, we've been talking so much about machines that, if you can use things such as just your own body weight and you can get yourself realigned so you move better, then then you should be able to do that first because I think that's one of the most important points. Why start adding external load to your own body weight right. if you can't even move your body weight correctly? Exactly. So to, to get into that, I think we need to kind of clarify first what what options there are generally in a in a, in a gym or health club. So we've talked about selectorized equipment and that's the, that's equipment that's pretty much dedicated to one, one goal. Like you mentioned, Wendy, the seated, seated chest press, seated, this seated, that seated bicep curl, seated tricep extension. So these, these machines actually do have a specific goal and purpose and they're only really meant to do one thing. And, and one of the ways you can figure out what a selectorized piece of equipment is, is that they'll generally have a picture of you know uh, of a person standing a, a human figure and it'll highlight those muscles that that machine is intended to work on so if it's a seated row it might have the backside of a of of uh, of a figure and it'll show highlighted in red the upper back muscles and that will be the the goal of that particular piece of equipment and then the next one was you know when we talk about free weights these are your dumbbells and your barbells things that are meant to be lifted picked up and then put down again right so that's 
that's what we'll consider as, as free weights. And that's where, you know, your home gyms and things like that will usually be outfitted with that type of equipment. Um, a lot of your uh, hotels and, you know, when you're traveling and they happen to have a fitness center or a fitness uh, facility available, that's just one modality that they'll usually have because you can do a lot with it. And then, of course, there's body weight. So body weight exercises, which, you know, over the last five or so years has, has gained a lot of, of notoriety through different programs and different systems. One of our friends of NASM with, with, uh, with Nathan, Nathan Helberg with Zoo, you know, is, is a training system based on body weight exercises. And of course, uh, the ever popular tubing or bands where you're just, again, something that stretches and adds resistance based on, you know, however big the band is, may, may have different tensions to it. But that's something that, as we'll talk about, is really convenient for the most part when it comes to being one of the modalities that you can choose. Yes, and if you're just joining us, we are talking about playing the waiting game, which as as you just heard Ken talk about, is mainly the four, the four big ones that we see that are commonly talked about and discussed when we're talking about working out and doing, quote, resistance training. And so I think, you know, based on what you said, you know, Ken, with, when we're talking about doing things with your body weight, doing things on equipment, you know, doing things with free weights and doing things with tubing, there are some pros and there's some cons. And so, you know, I'm, I try to end on more of the positive. So let's talk about some of the negative things about all of these pieces. And so I'll start with the first one. Again, I talked about machines. So we're talking about selectorized equipment. When you're sitting down and you're doing something, or even if you're standing, and like you said, you've got your anatomy guy and these pieces of, you know, muscles are highlighted. It's going to show you what you're doing, but you're really just isolating and targeting that one area. And even though we can't specifically target an area to lose body fat or anything like that, we can target specific muscles to fire based on the movement patterns. However, it's not really an integrated movement to what we do each and every day. And so to me, I find that to be a little bit of a ne negative. Plus again, when we had the pandemic and people couldn't go to the gym, if you don't have a full gym at your house, you know, it's very, mm -hmm. very expensive to have those pieces right. of equipment. They take a ton of space, they're really expensive. And there's so many other things that you can do to still work on those specific areas without having that cost involved. Yeah, and, that, and this is where you'll have you know, I have clients that have favorite pieces of collectorized <laughs> equipment that they'll just, that's their go-to because they, a lot of times it's just because they feel comfortable with it. And, you know, and there is a little bit of ego involved when, you know, you can sit down at the seated chest press machine and you take that pin out and you plug it into that weight stack and you're at the bottom of the weight stack and you're like, yeah, I am strong on this piece. So, <laughs> so. There, there is a little bit of ego on there, you know, when, when it comes to some of these selectorized pieces of equipment. It's like having your favorite cardio piece because this machine shows that you spent 900 calories and this, this machine for the same amount of time shows that you spent 700 calories. So, I mean, it, it could be because you, you feel more successful at it, you're comfortable with it, you, you like the way it makes you feel because it is isolating or focusing on a certain movement pattern that you're not going to get with may, maybe a compound movement or another exercise, you know, variation of what you're trying to do. But, you know, there are their limitations because like you said, Wendy, as, as a small gym owner, I can't get a full line of 
push, pull, and leg selectorized piece of equipment because one, they're heavy and they're one dimensional, but they take up a big footprint. So a lot mm -hmm. of people, you know, not until going back into the gym and the health club didn't have, you know, access to these specific pieces of equipment. So if you're relying on a good workout being dependent on a seated row, and you're only gonna get that when you go to the gym, well, a lot of people might chalk that up as not getting a good workout. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of brings us then too to think about free weights. Now I'm a huge fan of free weights. And mm -hmm. to your point, now they actually have those blocks of, of free weights where you, know, you can just have two actual dumbbells right but then you can adjust the weight so you can either lift 10 pounds 15 pounds 20 pounds whatever it is by just yep. turning the knobs and then it'll add like external load to that so when you're picking it up yep. you know you're able to do a lot of different things at whatever you know resistance you can handle without compensation so to me on a when you're looking at how much like you said the footprint that's nothing in comparison to you know like you said these machines however when you're doing free weights or dumbbells, then you really need to have good coordination and movement patterns. So you've got to be able to, you know, when you're telling your left arm to do something, you want the right arm to be able to do it as well. And, and sometimes we, we really, as a trainer, we start to see what's the dominant side. And I find it very beneficial. And I know we're, we're talking about the negative parts of this right now, but I find it very beneficial because when I'm training one side of the body, the other side has to do the same thing because there's no machine. Now, remember, if I'm sitting doing a chest press, if I'm stronger on my left arm, I may push more with my left arm, but my right arm's there for the ride. With the free weights, you don't have that. So I think on a negative side, if you're you're not really sure about the exercise, then you can hurt yourself because it is your mm -hmm. extra resistance and you could end up, um, you know, causing some pain and injury if you're not careful and being smart in your movement patterns with these with these dumbbells. Yep. And, you know, going from, from the trainer's aspect of things, if you're going to guide a client on how to use free weights, whether it's a dumbbell or barbell properly, you have to be pretty versed at understanding regressions and progressions. And all I'm talking about there with regressions and progressions is how do you make something easier with the variables that you're working with or progression, which is how do you make things more challenging with what you have at hand? So if, if all I've got, if I don't have one of those, those adjustable dumbbells that you mentioned, Wendy, which I have a set at home, which has just been amazing, um, just because you move one pin or you turn one yeah. pin, and you and you've got now a 15 pound dumbbell versus a 10 pound dumbbell. Um, but if if all I have is a 10 pound dumbbell, how do I make that 10 pound dumbbell lighter, right? Um, if it's too challenging, or how do I how do I increase the challenge to make it seem heavier? So you do have to have some base of of knowledge and information on how do you make things easier and harder with just one set of weight. So mm -hmm. that's the other thing. So that's where education and understanding leverage and, and body mechanics on using a dumbbell or a barbell. Because if you don't have a full line from five to fifty-five in five pound increments, you're gonna have to, you know, shade things a little bit one way or the other. So I think one of the negatives about the the free weights is that you, you got what you got and that's what you have right. to <laughs> Well, and I guess, you know, when you think of it, but to your point, I guess, because I also have the adjustable one just because of, of my, my smaller space in my house. 
um, makes a lot of sense to your point too on the footprint. It could, it could take up a lot of, a lot of space. And if you don't have a rack, you've got all these random, you know, dumbbells laying all yep. over your, your floor. So that, that yep. is also, I think a negative, um, but, yep. yeah, but a negative that I have, if we move on to tubing is I like tubing because you can easily order it. It's available. You can choose your thickness, which means the resistance. Again, that's more of the positive. However, on the negative side, and this is something that people don't often think about, is if I'm doing a chest press and I have my tubing anchored behind me, right? So I'm standing here and I'm just going to push it forward. And as I push it forward, meaning when I start, there's not a lot of resistance unless I walk forward and add that resistance mm -hmm. to my starting point. But when it's when it's actually the weakest, I'm the strongest. And as I push it out, it becomes more elongated, meaning there's more tension to that tubing. So as I push it out and I become weaker because I'm actually pushing, trying to work my pecs, then that is actually stretched even more. So you've got to think it's even harder. So as I continue to push out, I have to become stronger at my weakest point. And if I'm not careful, when I just bring it back, it can actually bring me back at a faster pace, which isn't ideal because we always definitely want to control the movement coming back more so than even pushing it sometimes because we really want to control that eccentric motion, which is going back to your starting position. And so that's one thing that I find you know, as a, as a big negative, plus you have to also have a really good anchor point because you have to be able yeah. to anchor that tube down to something or wrap it around something. And you need to make sure that it's heavy enough that it doesn't move and either come towards you, which could hurt you, or, you know, also too, that it's not so wide that it makes that tubing already really, really um, strong because of the, you know, the, the width that you have to put it around something. So, you know, having a good anchor point and they do have those tubings that you can actually put on something. I like that a lot, but that's just one. Those are probably my two big negatives. And I, I don't know if there's anything else you see. Yeah. This is where, again, as, as somebody being responsible for their own safety, actually, <laughs> and as you know, when you, when you, when you own a facility, you are, or even if I were to go to a park, um, and do outside or group training in the park, which I've done, you know, tubing is one of the things that I bring, but in order to ensure the safety of my clients, I, I have to make sure that, especially if it's just the plain exposed rubber mm -hmm. uh, tubing, um, if it gets dry, um, it's gonna lose its elasticity and make it more susceptible to cracking. And if it cracks, it might tear. And if it tears, it's going to break. So there's been times when I've seen some some bands that are just they're just trash because they've been sitting out, they haven't been used, um, they've been exposed to the sun or they've gotten wet and then exposed to the sun, which makes it you know just kind of messes with its elasticity. So you have to be very very attentive to the quality of the tubing that you've that you've got because all it takes is for you know you're, you've got a lot of resistance and that one band to just snap and next thing you know you've got two handles and you've got <laughs> this rubber piece flying all over the place and i've and i've seen it happen and it's it, it can be pretty dangerous if if you're not paying attention so i think you just have to really and this goes for any of these pieces of equipment that we're talking about right you just have to make sure that it's it's in, it's in good safe condition to be used and tubing winds up being one of those things where you really have to watch out for that. But there are those tubings that have the 
the, the wrapping around it. So mm -hmm. like Stroops comes to mind um, when it when it comes to um, protecting the elasticity of the of the of the band when you have this kind of this folding up, um, I guess wrapping around it. Um, so that that's another that's another feature that I look for when it comes to to the band. So you just really have to watch out because um, when that band breaks. Yeah, that that's happened to my clients and me multiple times. Usually when I'm using the mini bands, like doing lateral yep. two blocks and yep. it's like it comes in and it, and it breaks. And of course, you know, if I have a client doing it, they'll say, oh, look, I'm so strong. I broke the band. And I'm like, yeah, but you also hit me in the process. So I don't know how I feel about that. But great point. Very, very good point. And then um, if you guys are just joining us, we're talking about the, you know, playing the waiting game right now. We're talking about some of the negatives. We've already talked about machines. We've talked about some free weights. We've talked about tubing. And I guess really, if you think about body weight, the only negative I could mm -hmm. really come up with was if you don't like lifting what you have, then maybe you should lose some weight. Uh, or if you want to <laughs> lift more and you don't have anything besides yourself, maybe you should gain some weight. Yeah. Uh, but you know, all kidding aside, it, it really, I, I really want people to focus on what they have first, get good quality of movement, because then we can use, you know, these other pieces of equipment that we've just discussed, because there really is some great outcomes. But yeah, yeah. And, and body weight, I, I think, you know, for you and I, Wendy, you know, when we, you know, as much as we've traveled, it, it might have to be one of those things that, you know, if you've got five minutes, mm -hmm. that's what you got, right? And, and that's, that's, that's all the workout I'm going to get for this morning, or if I just need to wake myself up, it, you know, having a good understanding of, of movement patterns, you know, cause a lot of people, you know, when you, when you, if I were to take a survey of, of a hundred people walking down the street, you know, what body weight exercises would you, would you do right now? Or how many body weight exercises do you know? I mean, how many of them do you think would come up with, with more than five? Right. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to your point, because we do travel a lot, I don't travel with a bunch of excess stuff because right. I already have a ton of things that I usually have to bring with me for whatever workshop or whatever it is that we're doing. And so I, I find, and I guess now we can move on to the pros and just because we're talking about body weight first, I find being able to do, you know, push-ups, lunges, squats, you know, some different shoulder patterns and movement patterns, mm -hmm. you know, for my back. And then even, you know, just grabbing a, a towel and, you know, just yep. wrapping it around something and doing isometric pulls for my back. If I did that and I slowed down my speed, like really slowed everything down, it is extremely difficult. And that's one thing I think sometimes we forget about that your speed can dictate how hard something is. And so if you try to do on your own, I challenge all of you to get into a push-up position and do 15 repetitions of a push-up going down for four seconds, hovering at the floor for two seconds, and then pushing all the way out for one. And you did that 15 times, keeping your abs in, your glutes squeezed, and making sure that you've got good, good movement pattern and quality of movement. It is extremely hard to do. And I didn't have to travel with anything other than what I, you know, what I have which is right. myself, <laughs> I mean, my clothes or whatever I'm wearing. Yeah. So. And, and I think, you know, just to, to tap into that, to that same idea, you, you're talking about changing your, your tempo, right? How mm -hmm. fast you're doing something. And I think when it comes to, to body weight exercises, even if you were to take what you know and you just added a little twist. And what I mean by that is you, you let's say, go into a different direction on something. So 
a, a, a very popular exercise. If I'm going to work on lower body, one thing to do is uh, squats. But if I'm going to do something like lunges, which winds up being pretty popular, a lot of times people will do it with dumbbells in their hands. But if I take a lunge, a typical lunge, if I asked you to do a lunge, when people usually they would go with a forward lunge, right? They would step forward and then they'd step back to their start position. Then they'd step forward with the other leg and stand back into their upright position. But what if you took that same lunge, instead of stepping forward, you stepped backwards. So you did a mm -hmm. backward or a reverse lunge. Or even if you took that same lunge and even stepped to the side, so you do a side lunge and then back to center. Or even a turn lunge to add a little rotation at the hip. Now, a lot of these can be, you know, pretty, you know, because it's new and novel to a lot of people, they add that little extra bit of challenge. So even though it's a lunge, you know, it's just a lunge you just took into a different direction, the perception of it being harder or more challenging winds up being a real thing. So this is where I can have a client, you know, they'll do what they'll normally do, feel comfortable doing because they're good at it. You take that same general motion, you have them go into a different direction. Now, now it's got a totally different dimension mm -hmm. and it's got a whole new set of challenges, which makes it harder for them to do. So you can, you can elevate easily uh, a body weight exercise that you might traditionally know, but you add a little bit of a twist to it. It's, it's got a challenge that your, your body is new to. So now it's more challenging for that body to do that same exercise. Absolutely. And I think you make a great point with the, the multi-direction as well as adding the balance component. I think that's a big one because, you know, staying with the lunge, if you do a side lunge to balance, most people don't do that. And remember, the more that you challenge your body and you do something that you're not comfortable doing, you're going to have better results because you're going to burn more calories. You have to think through it and you really have to slow things down to get proper movement. So you're probably going to get more out of that exercise versus doing something very quickly just for the sake of doing it. You have to, you know, like I've been, I've been doing my headspace and they say, you know, really be aware of your movements when you're at the gym and, and, you know, in your hotel room or whatever, think about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Think about the muscles that you're focusing on and it really does work. And so slow things down, change it up, have fun, but definitely a huge, huge pro um, for body weight. And, you know, it kind of brings us then now to, talking about free weights, some of the pros that come to mind for me, we kind of mentioned this before, so I won't, I won't spend a lot more time on it, but what I'm doing with one arm, I have to do with the other, what I'm doing, you know, when I'm, when I'm using dumbbells or if I'm holding on to them and doing, like you said, lunges, whatever I'm doing, I'm adding external load, but it can be independent of what's, what the other side is doing. Plus, if I want to really challenge my core, challenge my body, challenge my positioning, then I could just drop one, one dumbbell and do, let's say if I'm laying on a ball or laying, you know, on something that's unstable and doing a single arm chest press, I have to keep my posture up, you know, like my core right. and alignment good. So I'm putting a lot of demand on my body, but I'm also now working that one prime mover, which is my chest, my pecs at that point. So I love doing single arm things. And so I think that's a huge, huge bonus that that oftentimes we automatically go and grab two free weights and do something. And so my challenge to people is to say, don't grab two, just grab one and try to do things singular, like unilaterally. And then at that point, you know, switch it up, alternate your movement patterns, add some rotational stuff, as you said, be creative. And I think free weight free weights allows us to have that creativity. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And, 
Yeah, and, and you are definitely limited by your imagination when it comes to free weights. But, you know, we, we just have to make sure that as we are lifting, we, we space pay, as you're talking about, special attention to our posture and our position. And when you brought up speed, speed kills. If you go too fast, you know, faster than what the joint can stabilize, again, you get off that selectorized piece of equipment. Now you're having those, those deeper stabilizing muscles deeper within the joint, having to do more work. And if you're going too far, too fast, or even with heavier weights, again, one of the downfalls of, of heavy weights is that as you get older, you tend to go back to what you did long, long ago, right? So if I did that, I'd be picking up the 30 and 40 pounds and doing some shoulder presses there. But now these guys can't handle that. So you have to go with what you're capable of, of doing now because things have changed. So you know, eating a bit of humble pie and, you know, going with what's appropriate, right sizing the resistance for the exercise. You want to be creative. You want to be, you know, you want to challenge the body, but you have to be smart as far as what level of resistance that you're going to impose upon your body. Mm -hmm. And I think too, you know, so with free weights, I think we've, we've said a lot of the pros. Yeah. When we think about tubing, there's a lot of commonalities that could also, you know, when we're talking about, you know, doing things inter, inter, interdependently. So what I'm doing on one side, I'm doing the other. We could still do with tubing because now we've got, you know, external load. We're still trying to think about that. However, with that being said, if we know that we have a good anchor point and you're going to do something single mm -hmm. arm or single leg, then oftentimes you're going to have to either hold, let's say you've got the ones with the handle, so tubing with the handle, and you're doing a chest press, you would actually have to hold both handles in your hand. So it's going to actually double that load. So right. to your point, you're going to have to be careful with your positioning, your form. However, another very big pro is if you want external load, they're super inexpensive in comparison to the other stuff we're talking about. Plus, you can easily throw it in your bag and travel with them. Yep. Yeah, I, I throw that. That is a go-to for me. So when I'm packing my shirts and my pants and all that stuff, I throw a band in there because it it doesn't cost any weight when it comes to traveling. It doesn't take up any space. It's, you know, it's something that I'll just hook up onto the, you know, the foot of the bed if, um, if that's available or a table in the hotel room. And, you know, you can do about 10, 15 curls or rows or squats or, or whatever. But um, very, very convenient. But, but I laughed just uh, not to try to cut you off, but I did that at a hotel. I grabbed my tubing <laughs> and tied it around a desk. And remember, when you're in a, a hotel room, it's probably not the most quality furniture. And oh, no. so I started doing, you know, I started doing some chest presses and then I turned around and started rowing. And all of a sudden I noticed that the dust starts coming towards starts me and I'm like, oh, yeah. so then I step back and it keeps moving. And then there's a lamp that's connected. It was almost going to be <laughs> almost going to be really, really bad. However, that's why it's important to always make sure that everything that you're doing, the anchor point and everything that you have, it's safe yeah. because that could have been, that could have been disastrous. So, yeah. I've, yeah. I've had, I've, I've moved some furniture myself. <laughs> I think we all have. You know what, when I need to move it, I can't, when I don't yeah. want to move it, it's easy to move. So yeah, that's exactly. yes. And then of course, some pros for me, when we're talking about selectorized equipment or machines is if you're new to the gym, it, the, the pictures will help you. It teaches you proper movement patterns when you're trying to focus on specific body parts. It really does take the guesswork out. And if you're trying to gain size, it is a great, you know, those are great pieces of equipment. 
I just say, as a side note, if you're going to use machines, try to switch it up and use some of these other resistance, you know, pieces of, of equipment we're talking about. So therefore your body is moving the way that we move in life, but then you're also working on specific isolated strength. Yeah. I, I remember my, my very first personal training client, Lori, uh, she comes in and, you know, she's got her goals, you know, she's, she's got this shoulder thing going on, but you know, this was again, mid nineties and we had all this wonderful, this wonderful line of, of selectorized equipment. So what did I do? I, I mean, this is how I was trained. This is what I knew. So I put her on the seated chest press and my script as it went with Lori was, all right, Lori, this is a seated chest press machine, right? It's designed to challenge the front of your chest and your shoulders. And this is how we adjust those seat. Here's where we adjust the weight when you set up on here. Here's how you grab the handles and then you push, right? And I want you to go at this speed up and this speed down. And that was how I taught my first client was on a selectorized piece of equipment. And I bring that up right now because it was easy, right? I don't have to talk. I didn't have to talk about mechanics, head position over the shoulders, shoulders over the hips. I just taught her, here's, here's how you position yourself. Here's what it's for. And here's the motion and have at it. Right. So for me to bring that up, it's just it, as we brought up earlier, it's it's an easy way to re, to challenge the body because the bench or the seat or whatever it is, it's it's stabilizing you. There's nothing to control. If I'm sitting down, there's I don't have to control my hips. I do want to make sure I have a good, um, you know, position with my low back. I want to make sure that I'm sitting as tall as I can. But outside of that, the machine is taking care of, of a lot of things that your body doesn't have to when it comes to posture and position. So that's one of the, that's one of the easier things, you know, whether it's good or bad is, is up to, up to the listener, but um, it's one of the, one of the benefits of having selectorized equipment because somebody can exercise. You don't have to inundate them with anatomy and, and exercise physiology on why, you know, it's important to stand up or sit down, but you know, it, it was it was how I started off my career was using selectorized equipment. But then as my education grew, so did my level of instruction. But, you know, that that was, you know, for better, for worse. That was how I got started with with teaching people exercise. I can't even remember the first thing that I used. I'm trying to go back. I'm like, what was it? You know, but I, I, we definitely had machines. And like I said, I worked mainly, I started my career in physical therapy. So we did have machines, but we had a ton of, you know, movement uh, or like cables and free weights so we could work on proper movement patterns because most of the people were coming out of some kind of, you know, post-op or something. So I was there to help with movement. But I think, you know, my, my key takeaways from today and, and hopefully you guys enjoyed this is bury it up, but be smart in your choices and if you're always doing machines, do something different because eventually every four to six weeks, your body is going to adjust to whatever demand you're placing on it. And it's just going to get to know if you're used to doing machines and that's all you've ever done. Think about how often in life do you have just one specific movement and you're not adding in all different types of movements. It's very seldom, meaning if I'm gonna press, I may press outward, forward, to the side, but if I'm in a locked piece of equipment, I'm only pressing this one way. So train for life, add some variation to your workout. Just understand that if you are gonna use some of these different pieces of equipment, you wanna think about the pros and cons and always set yourself up for success 
So choose the right band in your tubing. The thicker the band, the harder the resistance. So be smart. And like you said, check your ego at the door and yeah. really focus on slowing down your tempo, work on your movements, and then just have fun. Be creative, like you said. Be, be creative. And, and I think, well, for me, you know, one of the takeaways is, you know, people, trainers, clients will always ask, well, what's, what's the best exercise to do? Or in this case, what's the best piece of equipment to use? And my question, I know it's impolite to answer a question with a question, but I'll ask, I'll ask them, so what's the best chest move? Or what's the best move in checkers? It depends on the situation. So as we mentioned with selectorized equipment, free weights, um, body weight, or, or tubing, it depends on what the goal is. So like you said, Wendy, use them all. It just depends on, okay, what are you trying to focus on for that session, for that month, for that quarter, as far as your fitness and, and wellness goals when it comes to resistance training. So be versed at all four of those examples that we've given you, because at some point in time, they're all going to be appropriate. And it does take a certain level of education, understanding and experience to to give you, you know, a nice, safe uh, experience when it comes to all those pieces. So, yes. so yeah, so that's that's the question I like to ask when they ask me questions. So, what's the best check move, right? It, it just, well, if, it, if it's rude, then I'm I'm apparently rude because I always ask other questions. I'm like, hmm. So let me go a little that? bit deeper. So before I answer that, I need to get a little more information. But uh, but this was fun. So I'm glad that we did this. So thanks for thanks for hanging out with me doing this today. Likewise, Wendy. Um, so thanks everybody for <laughs> spending your time with us in learning about playing the waiting game. And hopefully you took something away with, with uh, your time with us as we always, I always learn something from you, Wendy. So if you like what you heard today and wanna hear more from us, like, follow, subscribe. And till next time, we will see you here on the Random Fit Show. And Till then, take care and be well.